We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have my esteemed host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, who will join us shortly. And Kathy and I are your leadership development coaches. Between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. That top 10% is a tipping point of sorts, meaning that if you can get you and your team in there, you're all going to be quite more valuable to your organization. We always like to have people who are doing cutting-edge, incredible things. Today we're talking with Carol Pearson. Carol is the president of Pacifica Graduate Institute. She has a uh, new book, The Transforming Leader, New Approaches to Leadership in the 21st Century. She's the editor of that book, and and we're going to talk to her about that. But also, Carol is the executive vice president and provost of Pacifica Graduate Institute. And she also is the creator of the Pearson Archetype Indicator System. She has a series of books and instruments that support that. So we're going to... uh, also pick her brain about how does she bring some of the Jungian archetypes and some of those depth aspects to leadership. Uh, Dr. Pearson's scholarly administrative teaching and consulting work has always been in the service of helping people live and work at a deeper level of awareness. The resulting insights enable individuals, groups, and organizations to be more successful and employees to experience a greater sense of joy and personal fulfillment in their work. She has promoted these ends in practice in, a, in administrative and teaching positions, not only at the Pacific Graduate Institute, but also at the University of Maryland, Georgetown University, and the University of Colorado. Uh, she also has been the senior editor of The Inner Edge, a resource for enlightened business practice, and a seminar leader and consultant working with nonprofits, government agencies, and mission-driven for-profit business. Her new book that just came out, uh, I got a copy of it you know, just a couple months ago, and it it's really is a fascinating book, The Transforming Leader, New Approaches for uh, Leadership in the 21st Century, is uh, available at uh, Amazon and all the key places that you would buy a book. We'll also ask her um, about that. She also is developing a master's degree program in leadership and organizational development at Pacifica Graduate Institute. So aside from uh, writing about leadership, she is a a leader at a very uh, well-known and recognized university and has been. So we'll be able to pick her brain on the numerous aspects and numerous levels about leadership. So I'm really glad 
um, Carol, is part of the show. Carol, so why don't we at least have you say hi now, and then I'll go to the rest. Hello, nice to be here. Yeah, we're really excited to pick your brain. Um, Kathy will be with us in just a minute, but let me just mention some of the things about Kathy for people who may not know her. Dr. Kathy Greenberg coaches uh, leading executives and entire companies. She has a proven method called happiness equals profit. She has authored multiple books on the science of happiness, including What Happy Companies Know, and her latest number one bestseller, What Happy Working Mothers Know. Kathy touches millions of lives as a TV, radio, and media personality and is the founder of renowned uh, executive consultancy, H2C, stands for Happy Companies, Healthy Companies, uh, Healthy People. She offers healthy and friendly tips on an ABC show called The Morning Blend, and she just came out with a new iPhone app that you can go and download called Your Happiness Now. Kathy and I share a website called Excel, X-C-E-L, Institute.com stands for Excellence in Executive uh, Coaching Leaders. And I'll give you a little bit of information about myself. Uh, my background is as a psychologist. Also, I've done a fair amount of corporate leadership and team training. And my focus really is around emotional intelligence. I have a new uh, book that came out just last year, Leading with uh, Emotional Intelligence by McGraw-Hill. And also have a free iPhone app if you're interested. It's called Leadership Keys. And if you type in Leadership Keys uh, as you go to your iPhone store, uh, type that in, it comes up, and there's 10 free uh, videos all about really practical aspects that leaders need to do and should be doing every day. Right now, about 91 different countries have downloaded it. So a few words about leadership, and then we'll hear more from Carol. So why is leadership development so important? Well, some of the research shows that 40% of organizations say they're experiencing a significant gap in the number of skilled or trained leaders available for new jobs. There is really a brain drain that's going on. Um, We have lost 8 million jobs because of the Great Recession. We have the baby boomers retiring, and they're leaving a shortfall of about 10 million workers. And then we have Gen X and Gen Y who uh, have been noted to have a little less emotional intelligence, mostly and only because of hour for hour in front of a screen, be that your telephone or be that a computer screen, less dealing with people. And the aspect that we try to deal with is if a leader can do just a few things differently, some of the interesting aspects that Carol will talk about is is the leader um, and their leadership style. We like to say that They have so much influence, anywhere from 50 to 70% influence over the climate of the team. They are what we call the emotional thermostat. Emotions are contagious, and the most contagious person is the leader. A couple more things um, that from Kathy's key uh, focus around happiness, we know that happiness has a set point, and I think this is is what's interesting. 50% is genetic. So how happy you are with your life and how satisfied you are. But 40% is in the area that we're going to talk about with Carol and other leaders. There are habits of the mind and habits of behaviors, things we could change. 10% is the situation. And most of us think 40% is the situation, you know, and, and uh, we only have control over 10%, over 10%. But it's really the opposite. A lot of what we're talking about are things that you can change, your team can change, 
small changes that can make a big difference, and, and that can really help you and your team. I'll say a couple more words about um, Carol, and then we'll, we'll bring her on. We have a series of questions that we want to ask her. So aside from what I've already mentioned, uh, Carol is the co-developer of the Pearson Mar Archetype Indicator, and this helps people understand the themes that they have shaped in their lives or prototype leadership, personal and leadership, personal branding tool uh, has been developed by one of her associates. It's an assessment, usually is followed by coaching, and translates the insights into action and implementation strategies. It can be easily integrated into group work or into individual work, and it helps people understand how they truly want to live at this time in their lives, create personal and professional mission that leverages their most authentic strength, trigger a greater sense of meaning, shift energy from counterproductive to productive forms, and show up more authentically. Uh, it helps organizations improve relations by taking a more appreciative approach, so really understanding others, and then helps you become more inspirational, motivational, and which archetype narratives are playing out in certain relationships. So we'll have Carol talk a little bit more you know, about that, but her uh, website, if you're interested in more about that, is theherowithin.com, and she's also at www.pacifica, with a, pacifica.edu. So, Carol, welcome. Nice to be here with you. Well, thank you for that and, and for being here and taking the time. And after that uh, long intro, we're really, uh, you know, very interested and intrigued to kind of hear more, uh, you know, about you and from you. So we always ask folks, who have been some of your major influences that helped maybe shape the leader you are today? Um, when I, well, when I thought about that question before, one thing that um, came to me is when I was five years old, I refused to stay in the church nursery in my sweet little church in Houston, Texas. Uh-huh. And I, um, I uh, absolutely insisted that I go to the regular service. And there was a wonderful minister, his name was Bill Arnold, and he created a place where everybody felt cared about, and uh, everybody kind of pitched in. And it led, it led me to understand that that could happen, um, and that that could happen, it didn't have to be a church for that to happen. Um, much later, when I was first in administration, Bob Corrigan, who um, just stepped down as as president of San Francisco State University, but I knew him at the University of Maryland. Mm-hmm. He was a great leader, in, uh, a great model for me in that what he did is he was really a coach. Uh-huh. I mean, he helped us all to understand what was going on in higher education, what was going on in the university, what we might be able to do better. And he also took very principled stands, particularly around diversifying um, and was not shy about calling you know, calling things the way they were. And uh, I guess the last person I'd mention right now is Donna Shavlik, who is the director of the Office on Women at the American Council on Education for 30 years. And there were two things about her. One, she, she helped get more women into administration, partly by creating networks, um, some networks of women, but also networks where women who had the potential to lead were networked with men who were leading. Um, and the other piece was she persevered for 30 years. 
Wow. And made a huge difference. Um, I mean, you know, obviously there are tons more people who had a big influence on me, but those are the three that come to mm-hmm. mind right this moment. Okay, that's always interesting to kind of hear, you know, and I always like to say, you know, if someone impresses you, there's information about you or me, you know, when someone impresses me about, hmm, maybe there's something in there that's kind of this void that I say, oh, there's something I, I need to learn here, or I'm not as good as they are at that. And so that, you know, just that sense of of being impressed, to me, is always kind of a cue. So yeah. Like, uh, you know, in, in Jungian um, terms, we also see that sometimes we project our potential onto people that that um, exemplify it, and by watching them, we learn how to, to really bring that out in ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So, and so I almost kind of on that, we'll talk about this as we go on, kind of that unconscious level, there's some kind of knowing that, oh, this person has some, something for me to learn. Or I know. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> and it's also just important to follow that, when you have that resonance with somebody, to follow it. Yeah. yeah. Pay attention. Well, that's why we're glad we have you on the show. I think what happens, what's so great about that Leadership Development News, we've been doing this for four years, and between Kathy and I, it's, we bring on people, but I think she and I are always thirsty learners, and we bring on people that we know we can learn from, like yourself. So. I, I think that's really smart. Yeah, <laughs> good, good. Well, let's uh, ask a couple questions about, and I saw this, you know, I've been reading through your book in preparation for this. Um, you got some fascinating chapters, you know, and great people that... Uh, you got the right chapter. So what first motivated you to take on the study of leadership for transformation? Um, well, I was running a uh, institute at the University of Maryland named after James McGregor Burns, and he had coined the whole idea of transformational leadership, so that's what we were doing. But um, And I was very inspired by him uh, in the sense that he saw leadership as... Um, really a moral activity and that that really transformational leadership is about transforming the situation that you're in in a way that has uh, win-win uh, outcomes um, hmm. for the greater good and that also the process brings out the better aspects of people. Um, better aspects can be, be, be more productive, but it can also be more caring of others. It's a whole range of activities and that to do that you have to bring out the better part of yourself. But, um, you know, what the other piece that really started the work that led to this book was more the level of distress that I was hearing from um, people who were in reasonably high levels who were studying with me at the University of Maryland in our executive programs in a variety of places. Uh, it was, I was in a public policy school, so some of them were in the government. You know, the people in the military were saying the old ideas of leadership, everybody was saying the old ideas of leadership aren't working. And, um, the, you know, they were saying exactly how do we go to Iraq and um, make friends with the population when we can't tell, when we can't tell if that group of women and children is about to hurl a grenade at us. Um, and uh, people at NASA were saying one of the reasons that we had the Challenger and the Columbia disasters um, was that the partly the leadership was saying, we knew there were problems. They said, fix it, but don't change anything. And the companies that were helping us doing that, the outsourcing, 
uh, their benefit, what they were focused on is getting a bonus for being on time and under budget. Oh, yeah. So I can see that the whole tendency then of not to say kind of what's, what's going on. We're going to go to a quick break, and then we'll come right back. And we're, this is Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Carol Pearson and just some of the you know, interesting work and book that she has in uh, Transforming Leaders. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Are you happy with the management and leadership style of your organization? Do you think it could use some improvement? No matter the level of leadership at your organization, you'll be sure to learn something new when you tune in to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Through a unique lecture and interview format, we'll bring you ideas, questions, and answers that will help you run any organization, whether for-profit or not. Listen every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. 
That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having a delightful conversation here with Carol Pearson. And, uh, Carol, before we went to break, we were talking about several different elements of the work that you've been doing. But I I have a question for you, and that is how did you fund a large five-year project about transforming leadership? Well, first I... I, uh... I worked with some colleagues because it's always good to consult, and we we talked about what our values were in the project, what we really wanted to accomplish, and the hunger we had to help people. I gave a couple of examples, but there's so many more um, that were struggling in leadership. And so what we decided that we needed to do is to find leaders, um, leaders and people who coach uh, such leaders and people who study them, that are doing transformational things at, at a variety of levels from, you know, not necessarily always Nelson Mandela, you know. Um, and so I knew about the Fetzer Institute, which is a wonderful foundation that's committed to promoting um, love and forgiveness in the world in a fairly sophisticated way. Um, and also I the institute that... Um, that I ran housed the International Leadership Association. And so I talked to the head of the International Leadership Association, and together we went to the Fetzer Institute and just talked to them. They're an operating foundation, they, um, so they partner with you, which is a lovely thing. And, and Carol, I, just to get the name of the institute, it's, it's not so clear. Oh, the Fetzer Institute. Okay, thank you. Um, and... Um, uh, we went and talked to them, and they loved the idea. And they truly partnered with us. They're very lovely people. And we're involved with the project in a very real and sustained way. Um, and we ended up with, uh, we, we had a, their process is to convene people and have dialogue and then create a product out of that. And the product was the book of The Transforming Leader. And, and they have a uh, you know a incredible mission you know and it looked like it just fit really really well with what you and your colleagues were focusing on and as we kind of get into the the meat of it and I have your your book here Carol and we'll just kind of highlight a couple things you know part one is uh, transformational thinking for the 21st century part two being the change in a work of transforming leaders part three. The Art of Working and Transforming Groups. And then you have uh, a great appendix with application exercises and additional uh, resources. So there's a lot in there. We want to jump into a few things. What were some of the, if you had to say, the three major findings that came out of this study? How would you depict those? Well, actually, they're exactly, they're they're the three major parts of the book. Ah. that the world has changed so radically with global interdependence and the fast pace of change that we have to actually think in new paradigm ways, leaders to, at any level, to be successful. Um, and with the level of uncertainty and fear in the world, um, and um, we have to be different, leaders have to be different, because we're the ones who have to hold calm <laughs> and mm. hope 
and help people figure, realize that we can get out of this. It's going to be all right. And if we don't do our inner work, that's not going to happen. And it's the other piece is with emotional intelligence that you've already talked about. We can't be emotionally intelligent about other people if we're not emotionally intelligent about ourselves. And, the and third, Carol, uh-huh. no, I was just going to say one of the things that's very compelling about what you're talking about, um, you said uncertainty and fear, and we have to do this inner work. Uh, and this is so important because I think one of the things that you're discovering in your work that you're sharing with people is a consciousness raising about how fear creates this inertia and the ability to overcome that inertia. And I hope that when you um, share with us some of these findings that you can give us perhaps some of these examples. Yes, and, you know, I've been noticing lately I can't turn on the television or the radio Mm. without hearing, be afraid, be more afraid. Right. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, bleeding weeds, unfortunately, in the media. And in the brain, the amygdala um, always gravitates to, to any danger. And, of course, that's why the news media does that. They don't maybe, whether they know that or not, they know their ratings go up if they scare people. Absolutely. Um, and that if we're going to lead out of this, we, ha- we can't get caught in it. And there's, you know, there's meditation practices we can do. There's, there's ways, emotional intelligence um, practices that we can use to be aware when fear comes up and decide to go in another direction, but recognize it in case it's um, warning us of something we need to be conscious of. Um, and, the, and the more that we connect with our level, that level, we can empathize also that other people are feeling that and help them move into a calmer place to have some hope. To speak, to speak to them in a way that um, that first honors who they are, respects who they are, feels their fear, but then helps them just move, see some possibility at least for what they can do to be part of a solution. And that doesn't matter, you know, they could be cleaning the building and it's still true. Um, to help them see that what they're doing is contributing to something that is part of the answer. Um, and, and I think that's just essential that we as leaders help virtually everybody in our organization see how they're part of something that's positive and can make a difference. So um, in that, and I think, you know, your, your study and your research really kind of went deeper into those kind of areas about knowing, you know, knowing yourself and about uh, working with groups and, and thinking differently. Can you give us maybe, you know, how can people kind of do that? You know, maybe some examples, uh, and some of this maybe you have in the back of your book, we have exercises. But So with that, let's say as a leader, and there is fear, they watch, uh, there's fear in the organization about what may happen. Is there a takeover? Uh, are we going to downsize? Um, what would be some of the things, you know, for, for a leader, first calming themselves, and the second being to calm others? Well, one thing is just good information. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, what's real? You know, if you start, what's real right now in the moment as opposed to all these fears about the future and, uh, you know, right here at Pacifica, every, you know, people get caught into that, but we all have our jobs. We don't have furloughs. We don't, you know, we're fine. Getting people back in what's real right this minute, um, helping people to see a future, imagine mm-hmm. uh, what our future is going to look like 
and some path to get there. And the other piece that I was referring to before is not only how the institution has a path to get there, but what's my part in it. Mm. Um, I think, too, bonding, connection. Uh, one, of our, uh, I, uh, one of the values of Pacifica, uh, actually one value is logos, that is truth, um, knowledge, and another is eros, which is uh, a kind of enjoyment and connectivity with other people in the earth. Uh, and when we get into that place of being caring about one another and and respecting each other, mm-hmm. then there's a community that we form a community in which it is enjoyable to work, and that helps that helps move from the fear. One of our essays talks about um, the wisdom of the heart, and there's actually neuroscience that talks about that we have a brain kind of neurons in the heart. As people are more connected, but more connected, they're less fearful and more likely to come from the heart. But old right. saying love right. is letting go of fear. And one of the things that, you know, I'm sure you reference in the book, although I haven't read it, I would love to, uh, is um, the idea that heart math uses, you know, which is when you are, in fact, in resonance, when you are in alignment between your heart and your brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's definitely more power in the body to execute on that uh, approach which you just described, taking leaders out of their shadow and more into their uh, empathy mm-hmm. and creating uh, compelling ways to connect. And I was listening when you were talking about the military example, and I do work with our special operations forces, and one of the things that we notice to the point you've just made, Carol, to give a good example of how this works practically is when our military leaders bring children who are injured to our medical tents, Mm -hmm. when we go into villages and share what we might consider uh, sweets, candies, opportunities for children to engage in that, as you call eros, more play, even in a theater of war, we engage the hearts and minds of those communities. They bond with us, and they help support and eventually protect us. And so that's how we gain ground in Mm. these unfortunate um, circumstances. So to the point you were making about businesses being in fear, uh, people who are at risk, you know, I always think of Shackleton's work Mm -hmm. uh, back in the 1800s when he put out a message uh, looking for a few good men, long hours, right, low wages, uh, safe return unknown. Uh You know, these are the things that you're talking about that help people connect their intelligence with their unconscious, as well as their conscious mind, and I can't applaud you more for the work that you're doing. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the brain by itself can be a little heartless, and the, and the heart by itself can get sentimental. <laughs> well said. Some denial, and together, and actually there are those neurons in the belly as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our gut. Our gut. Is. Um, yeah. Absolutely, and I think that, that sense of care, I, I think there's also experiencing grief together. Um, there's many things that are in all the change that is going on in the world. Um, there's much that's being lost that we are attached to, some good, some bad, but we're attached anyway. And um, experiencing grief together uh, is important. I was very touched. One of the essays in the book talked about the women in black who are women from Israel and Palestine 
who have lost uh, sons, lovers, um, brothers, and they get together around their grief. And but it is it is not that moves them out of the sense that you are my enemy to you are experiencing the same consequence of this silly conflict we have going forever and the uh, attachment that remains in the world to solve problems um, with conflict. Now, uh, I, I do understand that there are times that we have to do that as a country and in the world, but nevertheless, having that sense of grief that we still do. So we're going to go through a break in a second, but I just want to highlight some of the each of these chapters uh, Carol, you edited and you have a little intro into each of them, but there's some fascinating stuff. Just to highlight one thing and then we'll go to a break and come back. In Jonathan Reem's chapter on integral leadership, opening up space by leading through the heart, we've been talking about the heart, mm-hmm. um, some of his research states that the heart has 60 times greater electrical voltage ampli- ampli- amplitude and 5,000 times greater magnetic than those produced by the brain, so that the heart is so much, uh, puts out so much more than the brain does. And even as I hear you talking about the women in black, I, I'm experiencing, you know, your heartfelt. And we'll come back and maybe talk more about how leaders can use the knowing of the heart. I love that term, the knowing of the heart more. So this is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. If you're ready to find your personal brand, look no further than Brand Your Fire, Get What You Want Radio with host Monica Magnetti. To achieve success in business, who you are and how you're presenting yourself makes all of the difference. Some of the topics discussed on our show include personal branding, what it is and how it will help you. We'll discuss the aspects of this, including how to create a brand, drive traffic, and increase SEO. Brand Your Fire, Get What You Want Radio, airs live every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about, either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Ready for in-your-face sports? 
Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about, either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking to Carol Pearson. And one of the things we were just talking about was the knowing of the heart. And, of course, uh, many of us who have had uh, some experience with brain and behavior know that the heart is a giant megahertz creator, just like a radio, and it does have a very strong magnetic field. And, Carol, let's maybe shift a little bit and go into what you also explain beautifully in this book, which is how we think. So maybe we'll start there. How's that? Um, thinking differently. Well, um, partly what you've raised uh, that is also in the book is, we're thinking differently the minute we're also engaging the heart with the brain. And a, a simple way to do that is to lo- put your hand over your heart and breathe and just listen. Um, and that affects how you think. Um, the, thinking that, um, the thinking that people wrote about in the book was uh, a variety of different ways of thinking. Some comes out of systems theory, actually seeing the big picture. Um, and not getting lost in the details in such a complicated, complex world. Uh, and what seems most helpful to to many uh, leaders that I know is changes in evolutionary theory that focused on the um, the ecology, the the ecological network of interdependence, much more than the uh, the survival of the fittest competition. And what we now know is uh, actually the species that survive the best do their part in, in the ecology that they're in, and which means that some of, rather than thinking about how am I going to best the competition or, or, or win my point in this meeting against somebody else, it shifts our thinking to what is my part in the whole, how do I 
maximize the parts of all the other people so they're coming from their best selves. And then how do we orchestrate this? Metaphor that's often used and was um, in the book is jazz improv, that the old leadership model was the king, you know, who said, off to the dungeon if you don't agree with me and here's how it's going to be and you all do it. Mm. And um, moving towards transactional um, things, which is you do what I say because it'll be in your benefit to do it. And this is very different. It's actually seeing the world in a very, very different way, which leads to um, uh, utilizing social network theory and how to get people to move together well. The old idea was kind of the old Roman Empire. (laughs) Do what I say, okay, here it is, which led to some actually good things. But um, this is, social network theory is looking at how people are, are already naturally relating to each other, who's listening to whom, who trusts whom, and filtering and getting information out to the people who are kind of nodes in the system, being sure that they are on board with what's happening and that you're getting their feedback as well as others so that you get you mine the intelligence of the whole system and that in a in a kind of what what actually happens is information starts getting out in a normal way as people talk to one another, and then eventually you get a tipping point um, in getting the changes that you need to happen. Not because you sold your ideas, um, but because you interacted with people in a way that you shared your ideas, you got their feedback, you refined your ideas, and by that time, it's not that hard to get people on board. And, Carol, I just want to make sure that our listeners know how to reach you. It's C, as in Carol, Pearson, mm-hmm. at pacifica.edu. That's it. Perfect. And, you know, one of the things that I was noticing uh, that um, Relly uh, put into our uh, notes for today's program are this um, archetype, uh, individual, and organization representations of mm-hmm. some of this combined heart and thinking process that you just described. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? For example, the archetype of innocent, the individual representing that being uh, Dolly Parton and the organization representing that being Disney, as an example. Um, Disney, particularly as it's how it's seen from the outside, um, but also how it's seen from the inside. The innocent is, uh, the innocent archetype is uh, a model of, actually, it's what I had in that church with Bill Arnold. <laughs> I mean, it was great to be five. Um, I was totally cared for um, uh, by other people there. Uh, it was sweet, lovely, um, and that was all positive. And um, for me, as a five-year-old, I don't know how it was for the adult, um, but I need to also say that every one of these organizations that um, uh, that have that kind of paternal or maternal organization with the employees as kind of children, but also as a kind of wholesomeness, at least in the messages that, that go out there, as Disney is. Some of them have a shadow side, which Disney has, um, which is practically fascist. You know, you do what I say, that's it. <laughs> you know, go to your room. Um, I actually got interested in the in organizational culture after having uh, been an administrator in a number of different settings and noticing how different the culture was 
And um, being that I could use what I knew from Jungian psychology about archetypes that inform human behavior and the story that we're living and kind of the character that we identify with um, um, as a way to understand the culture. And, um, uh, you know, one, one example is when I was at the University of Colorado, the culture was very warrior. It was the shootout at the OK Corral, and we were always fighting with each other, and we loved it. I mean, we'd be, we'd be uh, uh, I was a young faculty member out in the mall uh, radicalizing the students and challenging the administration and then going out and having a beer with them. Um, and then I went to the University of Maryland, which very tied into the government. Um, it's a ruler culture, and everything was by the book, kind of like government. And you better know what the rules and regulations and policies were and kind of follow them. And then I, for a short period of time, I was at Goucher College, which was a caregiver culture. I mean, it was all about taking care of our students um, and uh, one another. Uh, very lovely liberal arts college. And I've found that not only can leaders lead better if they understand what archetypal energy is strongest in, um, in the culture that they're in, um, but they can also uh, be protective so that the negative potential in each of those archetypes doesn't manifest itself. Um, at Colorado, for example, we had a lot of warrior, but we didn't have the ruthless viciousness that the warrior can have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and here at Pacifica, we have a kind of magical creator um, culture. We're just innovating all the time. <laughs> And it's a good it's a good archetype for um, living in the 21st century. And you know, it's, it's interesting as I was looking at your archetypes and the individuals that describe them. Uh, I'd love to offer you at some point some uh, perhaps modern um, approaches to this as well. Because, for example, with Dolly Parton, you have a whole generation of people that might not necessarily relate to her, but you have a whole generation of people, for example, who know who Katy Perry is. Mm-hmm. And of course, she's all about cartoonism, and I, you know, I kind of thought of her with this individual. So, um, I just want to check in with that on you, Carol, and make sure that they, these are flexible individual um, types of approaches to this. So we could actually plug uh, postmodern people into here. Oh, absolutely! And, uh, you know, and and keep this growing and evolving. It's a beautiful way to look at the yeah. world. Yeah, I actually have a book called um, The Hero and the Outlaw, Building Extraordinary Brands Through the Power of Archetypes, which looks at um, how to actually use the archetypes in marketing so that you are actually marketing what you are. Beautiful. Um, And you're you're operating as a kind of, it creates kind of a force field, magnetic force field that the people who need what you have can find you. Um, you know, but yes, those examples, actually, there was a team one afternoon who came up with those examples. They're not set in stone, nor are the organizational ones, because archetypes have many forms and they're morphing a little bit in their styles as the world changes so quickly as well. So um, it's not, those are just examples. And so, Carol, Beautiful. if people wanted to um, know more about this, some of these are from the Pearson Moore Archetype Indicator. So it sounds like this, uh, it is this assessment that you created or 
co-developed. Where do they go to to take that and and get some more information about that? Well, they can get information about where to go from my website, which is herowithin.com, but it'll send them to um, CAPT.com, which is the Center for Applications of Psychological Type. Right. Can you say that again, Carol? Um, CAPT. Uh, .com, and it stands for the Center for Applications of Psychological Type. Um, so Myers-Briggs publisher, who's also realized that, um, you know, type came from Jung's work and the archetypes come from Jung's work, that they're branching out to include archetypes as well. So Outstanding. And I have taken a look at that, and I, and I think it's, you have a nice uh, self-assessment, and you can kind of see where, where you're at on each of those, and then just like you're saying, to be able to also help kind of read, read others really well. Yeah. There's also a workbook that goes with it um, that you can get with it called What Story Are You Living? That, uh-huh. is, you, that actually walks you through all kinds of exercises to use the information from the instrument to understand your life better and what might be calling you and what might be, you know, kind of your next breakthrough. That's great. As well as being able to type all your friends and colleagues and <laughs> the person you hate the most. <laughs> now that's, that's always fun. You know, just for our audience, before we sign off, just say, you know, for some people that aren't familiar with the Jungian aspects, the idea of the shadow, you know, we may talk about that in other aspects, but, you know, how would you quickly describe that just for folks and, why, and the importance of knowing it? Yeah. Well, in organizations, the shadow is the undiscussable. <laughs> okay. You know, it's what's taboo. And usually, if you don't face it, um, you're in trouble. And in the book, one example was just given um, in some organizations, the shadow is just how anxious people are feeling and no one can let on. Um, in some organizations, the shadow is how much money some people are making and others aren't, uh-huh. which is beginning to be talked about, which is healthy. Any, any time that whatever has been the shadow of a situation gets talked about, um, it, it gets into the collective consciousness of the group and you can act on it. But if you're trying to deal with the changes that need to happen in the world right now and you can't look at all the facts in the face, right. <laughs> um, you can't get the right answer. That's great. Very well, very well said, Carol. And I think one of the things that you really do for all of us is you help individuals understand how they can build their lives around a purpose that's really true to who they are, how they can draw others to them. As as many would say, my friend Warren Bennis, you have to pull people to you through language, mm-hmm. and then clarifies your values and your priorities so that you can create and contribute to organizations that can be more successful and bring out the best in everybody. And I want to thank you for that. That is an extraordinary contribution to our to our time today, which are so um, chaotic. And I think you give people such a comfort level and such a great gift. Well, thank you so much. And let me give the compliment back to the two of you who are doing this work as well. Well, thank you, Carol. And, and so just so people uh, can contact you, again, the... the The book is The Transforming Leader, New Approach to Leadership for the 21st Century. Carol uh, is the editor. And uh, I said earlier they can get it from from Amazon, other places they can get it from? It's published by Barrett Kohler, Um, but it's it's pretty much everywhere. Okay. Um, So no difficulty finding it, and it's available in an e-book as well. Oh, that's great. Oh, lovely. 
Well, uh, thank you so much, Carol, for, for taking the time, and, and uh, you're doing some great work in bringing together so many leaders and then also then training so many leaders. I know you're excited about what you're doing at, at Pacifica and bringing a new um, organizational leadership-type program on some level to uh, the Pacifica. Yeah, very much so, very much so. And we're looking at having um, consulting um, services and uh, certificates as well as an academic program. Uh, That's great. Well, we'll we'll be your two new biggest fans, and I want to make sure all of our fans in our audience today know how to reach you again. That's Carol Pearson at pacifica.edu. And uh, I know Carol gave us a couple of other uh, websites, including um, HeroWithin.com. But, um, again, thank you so much for everything you're doing for us and helping transform leaders to make us all better. This has been a great show. And, Relly, I'm sure you'd like to thank Carol, and I'll sign off and let you do that. Well, uh, thank you, Carol. We have been talking to Carol Pearson, the president and provost of Pacifica Graduate Institute, not only a... Uh, academic leader, but a, a leader in organizations doing consulting work. And so we're glad we could kind of tap some of your gifts for our audience. Thank you, Carol. Well, thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in to Tune Up Your Performance with Leadership Development News. And remember, for more information on Relly or myself, please go to www.excelinstitute.com. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.